Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder here, and you're listening to the Ever Black Podcast. Hey, human scum, this is odorous from Guam. We're going to battle Fear Factory. This is George Corps, Commander Fisher. This is Jasmine Delodrop. This is Wade from Al Ost Enemy. Magnificent Cool Battle Tennessee. He is at Wednesday 13. This is Sandy Rex from Club Devil Hill. This is Gary Sweet from Simple Tour, and you're listening to Ever Black Podcast. All right, before we go into this episode, we just need to give a shout-out to our show supporters, the brutal occult clothing brand Electric Witch, who have amazing apparel from shirts to hoodies to hats to beanies and more. Check out their full range at electricwitch.com.au and put in the code EVERBLACK for 20% off your order. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the EVERBLACK podcast through Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook, and check out all our articles at everblackmedia.com. All right, on with the show. Johannes, appreciate you joining us on the show, buddy. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. You're over there in, is it Avatar country or Sweden? Or where are you in the well, world right now? I am in Helsinki, Finland. Oh. Uh, the rest of the band is in Sweden still. I, I, I met my wife in Finland. Rock, paper, scissors, uh, she won. Is that close by to the other dudes where you can sort of get together and jam and stuff like that? Not in this particular moment in history, uh, you know, because we avoid flying, going to different countries. Uh, but yeah, and, and under normal circumstances, it's a one-hour flight. At this stage in our careers where we are on the road so much, like it's, it wouldn't have worked back in the day when you, you know, you need to rehearse twice per week and keep things going like that. Now it's so project-oriented, you know, the life cycle of an album. Then it makes sense to fly in and out for specific stuff so nowadays it's not a big problem in this day and age and it was also the the alternative would have been to there's a difference between hey okay i live here now honey uh see you in a month i'm going on tour it's you know that i came to where she was living as opposed to welcome to sweden see ya (laughs) you know there's different connotations there so uh, it's what's the best solution that's awesome, man. Well, uh, of course, I checked out the the new Avatar album, uh, Hunter Gatherer, which is out this week on August seven. And dude, it's killer. Mm. I've been cranking. Thank it. you. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you very much. It's a uh, yeah. It's a uh, VR. I'm disgustingly pleased with it, and uh, <laughs> also the fact that the release date now is happening. I'm gonna be here at home. The last two ones we've been on the road, and it's this. <gasps> it's today. You know, like it's, uh, but now it's it will be a little bit more of an event in a different way. And personally, you know, of course, that night, that particular show where it would be the release that you say on stage, our album's out today, yay! You know, like in 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 this little personal space, this little bubble in which most of it was conceived, you know, that to feel the release from here. I know, I'm kind of excited about it. It's going to be different. Avatar Country seemed a lot more lighthearted and, and fun, where this one yeah. feels a lot more serious. Well, our discography has more serious things than funny things, obviously. So it was more like Avatar Country was the diversion, which was a combination of certain things that happened. One being just during the whole, again, the touring and promoting of Feathers and Flesh, we found ourselves 
keep going back to joking or taking the piss out of different situations and how we showed up to dress, how we dressed ourselves showing up on a red carpet somewhere and, you know, all these different things where we just, or how we made up music, we start to kind of have fun, obviously, but it was also, I guess, a kind of defense mechanism and sometimes a middle finger to different situations. But so the whole humor brain went spinning faster and faster in a period where uh, we also, for a year, Pretty much before every show, we would listen to Hail and Kill by Manowar and kind of get into that lane of, you know, dragon slaying heavy metal. That is very much for me, the roots that is, you know, Halloween and Blind Guardian and stuff. That is when I stopped cutting my hair when I heard that. A couple of things that just started to build up and needed to be perched uh, creatively. The traditional heavy metal is a love letter to heavy metal, really, the whole album as an idea. Mm. And then combined with the whole inside joke of Jonas being a king. That started with him changing middle name on Facebook to Kungen, which is Swedish for the king, in order to annoy his friends. And it worked. I was super annoyed. But we also always knew it's, it's, it will be fun and funny to do once. This is a magical mystery tour. So this weird thing you can, you know, our creative process is a pendulum, you know, swinging back and mm. forth. And, and as we took it to such an extreme in one direction, we already knew as soon as we were done recording Avatar Country that next one's going to be really heavy, right? Yeah, it's going to be heavy. One other thing Avatar Country did, there are some personal things still, you know, snuck in there. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah. You know, comes from within, but it wasn't explicitly that kind of self-therapy thing that a songwriting has been for, at least for me, but I believe I speak for the whole band since we were teenagers. So then, we, you know, we have two years where I, without that kind of therapy, so the darkness that came out was even more compact. Things grew from there. And there was a certain idea about anger, rage, and accountability uh, facing the darkness and stuff that are, as a matter of fact, really dark, you know. And, and, and it just started to build and build and build that then, you know, gave this direction to it. But it started with like, okay, this was, this was cool. Now let's, next one's going to be really heavy. And everything else was built on top of that. It seems like it's got a bit of a sci-fi vibe to it too yeah and i guess a cyberpunk vibe I, like i like that it's one one of those things you look around at the world we look at how you and i are speaking to each other through these little Crazy. lens thing is here and everything <laughs> and then you watch uh you know i don't know the original total recall or whatever or you listen to fear factory that dystopia that was kind of cool in movies and in music but we kind of were warned about and mm. we're here now surveillance high-tech and pollution and uh you know, they're just uh, that miles wide canyon between those who have and those who don't have. Then just this, uh, you know, everything just piles up to, yeah, this is what Fear Factory warned us about, I guess. And we're living that right now. And, and we are in a fork in the road choose where we get now get to choose future. One is Mad Max mixed with Terminator 2 mixed with i don't know a pile of pus and shit and uh, the other one is star trek because the potential is there I, I i haven't watched every season of every series but enough to be aware of the idea of what what could happen mm. instead you know what we can do so there is the sci-fi aspiration i guess on the album in terms of where you we choose to lie our hope if you look at the big picture Again, the album is called Hunter Gatherer because us as animals, we are still the same naked ape as we were when we when we were hunter gatherers. Mm. A couple of us in the band read this book, Sapiens, by Yuval Noah Harari, uh, throughout the writing process, and it kind of affected a lot of 
ideas that ended up on the album. The idea of, as a species, every you know next step in throughout history has been a good idea. There's an incredible high amount, depressingly large percentage of the biomass on the earth now are humans. So we've been able to breed and feed and clothe more and more. As, as far as the individual goes, gone from bad to worse many times. Agriculture started, we were able to feed more, but you know, rely on fewer sources of nutrition, a more, you know, less varied diet and uh, more dependent on the weather in a different way, uh, needed to store things for the winter. That storage, that's a treasure. That's something you can steal. Conflict increase, diseases increase, arthritis in the knees from plowing the fields. Everything, you know, it's just for an individual, life probably gets shittier. Then fast forward, industrial revolution, you see similar stuff, but on steroids. Because the machines can feed even more people, clothe mm. even clothe even more. But just then we had a lot of people and still do that work, you know, 10, 12, 6, I don't know, hours in, in indoors in a factory. Super monotonous work. And just for many individuals, it's been soul crushing. In the grand scheme of things, that's turning around since the last, I don't know, post-World Wars or something. But we are still facing then the whole environmental and this fork in the road. All this is happening while we are this homo sapiens. We always were. And so the album kind of in different songs in different ways, you know, is this, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human now? Accounting for all the personal stuff on the album. Mm-hmm. What is it like to be, you know, me right now? The album cover, I'm getting a bit of a deadlight from it vibe from it. Was that what you were going for? No, but I, I see what you mean. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> no, it's a, it's it's. A, I guess it symbolizes more than anything that, like, if again looking at the title "Hunter Gatherer," like, so trying to go go back to and to on some level try to express or understand or explore our inner nature. So what we are, and that also goes then hand in hand with the band called Avatar, which you know. An avatar is a manifestation of a god, so it's that inner mm. potential. So that's just that that inner power, that inner rage, that inner ability for destruction or or to build. That power is coming out, and as it's music and it's vocals, then of course it exits through the mouth in this visual metaphor. I like that. That's really cool. And uh, of course, you got uh, Corey Taylor to guest on the album mm-hmm. too on uh, a secret door. Man, that's awesome. I wish I could whistle. I can't whistle. It's terrible. Um, My know. whistling was okay on the demo, but Corey did a much better job on the on the album. It was a quite spontaneous things, and he is, you know, we have met, we have opened yeah. the Slipknot, and you know stuff like that. He, we existed on his radar for various reasons before this. I guess this more happened because, uh, thanks to the fact that he is good friends and have also worked with the producer of the album, Jay Rustin, yep. uh, multiple times. So the offer kind of came from there to like, well, number one, can I come listen while you're in the studio? And yes, of course. And if you guys want, I'm very open to do something. It was pretty much like that. And we grew, we are those kids that grew up on Slipknot. You know, we, yeah. I covered uh, duality in high school. Uh, and uh, John and Jonas uh, played sick together. You know, it's it was very present like that. And what do you do when one of those voices of a generation enters the studio? Yeah, whistle, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he loved that idea. And the funniest thing about it was, like, cause it's a funny story, but the song is dead serious, and he did a great mm. job. Uh, and that that made it in a way even funnier because 
her, 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 you want to whistle? Her, 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 yes. And enter the booth and like, all right, here we go. Game face. Like you can, he's a musician, you know, of course you take it seriously once you stand there. That song in particular gives me goosebumps, man. Oh, thank you. That chorus. You just, you know, when it's a good song and you'll be like, I was driving to it and it instantly hit me. I, I appreciate a that a lot. Thank you. It's, um, I'm very happy with it. It's, uh, to talk about the songwriting of it, it's kind of a Venn diagram that I was very pleased with where, okay, so the main riff, the melody of the main riff is the melody of the chorus, but you get different chords underneath yes. that gives it completely different feels. The chords of the main riff, they are being used also in the, in the verses. So they are all, all the things are kind of interlinked with each other. You know, they share something with each other. So that Venn diagram thing was, once that came together, I was uh, were disgustingly pleased with it. Uh, I love the way you say that. I love you it. know, and, and I, <laughs> no, it's definitely one. They are all near and dear to the heart. That was kind of the point, you know, doing a 10 track album, not more. And sticking to those 45-ish minutes of music that, who do we think we are? We think that our, our, our release needs to be longer than the Ninth Symphony by Beethoven. You know, this kind of feels like, with few exceptions, you know, you can do The Wall. There's rarely a reason for why an album needs to be longer than the, the space on an on a LP, you know, on a vinyl. Mm. That just seems, we wanted to make sure that, that, every, that we did every every minute of that album was you know done justice it's not just about having as many good songs as possible you know it's also about making sure that they all have a fair amount of space you know there's there are reasons to make four and a half hour movies you you know your lord of the rings director's cut there's a place for those yes but usually the best the best movies and the best length for a movie is between 90 and 120 minutes you know hey i'm i'm all good for for a good double album but you know, yeah. it's, it's it's all about space and time and people's day as well. Are you building up to something visually with this one like you did with Avatar Country? Yeah, but there's a very different way of thinking about it now. Like in just in one way to summarize what Avatar Country was, well, two, two different ways. One uh, as a stage show would be one was that it was very operatic in the sense that it used a lot of stuff on stage. Mm. And the other way, the other word would be used a lot was, was that it was pornographic. Again, because it was a lot of stuff on stage. It was all in your face, leaving very little to your imagination, you know, like and it was exactly what it was and showed it to you with maximum intensity to get that, to get some kind of effect from you. Then, so the next stage goes from being more less operatic to be more something to be treated like that kind of black box theater room. There's a greatness in uh, well, minimalism is not uh, the right word when you talk about an avatar stage show, but uh, in lack of better words right now, I'm going to use it. And that minimalistic black box theater environment, you know, if you pull out the park bench and put it there, it's a park. If you remove that, put in a couch, it's a living room. And uh, so, you know, you can use smaller means to have a big effect because in, in lack of other things around. The other opposite word to pornography here would be uh, to to make a, sh- a stage that is more er- eroticism, not literally. Our clothes stay on, uh, but uh, just in the sense of creating something that triggers the viewer, the listener, to do some of the work for him or herself. 
another thing like in just in this you know sexual analogy there's a difference between a pornographic thing and an erotic thing you know that's and it's there are more subtleties obviously to when you do it uh, uh erotically but it also gets deeper you know it, it's it's a something more powerful and something that connects to something more in you and there's a marriage between you know reptile brain and you know intellect and everything and in practical terms yeah that that has this has a lot to to do with the light show uh it has to do just to use darkness in a more efficient manner to also reflect the darker album it also has to do with again if you remove more of those you know set piece components on a stage it's more about us on stage our bodies our stage clothes are this time of more you know done with where we were kept in kept in mind to be able to move as freely as possible with them and they are you know again not revealing again the whole porn and erotic talk is not to be taken seriously uh, so but but still there's more movement and there is a bit more skin there's a bit more uh, you know, the, the more direct, fewer layers between us and the audience. So there's more intimacy. Yes. That I feel like I look forward also to take with us as the shows, like the tour we had booked and obviously won't be doing for a while, where, you know, we've been playing bigger and bigger places. And the challenge is always if you play a small place, you want to make it feel big. If you play a big place, you want to make it feel small. You know, those big, massive festival stages to really uh, reach those people far in the back you know in the beer tent and and then so and i think this kind of stripping down and rebuild and then again having that sharpness that articulation i know it's all very abstract but it's kind of mid-process and then we kind of had to halt it for obvious reasons how are you guys maneuvering that you know i know you had this whole tour and everything but and last i mean you guys had an amazing year last year putting those plans on hold and, and stuff like that like um all in all we know. are okay we i am you know like i'm not sick my wife's not sick my dog is not sick my mom is not sick my uh sister had a baby the baby's not sick That's uh good. i am still able to do work from home i'm talking to you so in that sense it's okay tomorrow would have been the start of the tour Oh man, sorry to hear that. And yeah, and I think at some point during the fall, this will catch up with us all in one way or another. But you know, it's all about taking it one day at a time, making the most of it. And I, I have, I have, you know, spending this time exclusively with my wife over a long period of time uninterrupted hasn't happened since we got together. You know, that's nice. We, though. It, it, you know, it, that's really yeah, good. exactly. It never happened. Yeah, I have become accustomed to travel to weather you know <laughs> like uh, to travel into in and out of different seasons depending you know uh from toronto to texas to you know to different parts of the world and and everything so now to have been more stationary and see the arrival of spring i'm very familiar with the sea bird life around here the swans and then and all those that i don't know the english names for uh, in Swedish, there's one called Dopping, and that is a particular favorite of mine. You know, th- those things, they kind of stop and smell the roses stuff. And we just have to continue to figure out. We have already figured out a bunch of things that we are doing now instead of touring that we maybe should have done a long time ago as a band. Uh, drum instru- instructional videos for drums, guitars, and bass, and Q&As, and just 
the online presence. And we will fill out the time with that in the meantime. I think it's going to have a really massive effect in the end because when you guys do hit the road after this album, because it is phenomenal, it's going to be Thank huge, you. dude. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. Massive. If it if it lands, if it resonates with people, then uh, yeah, then I think it will be, of course, very special to be out there again. And you know, we all all, all going to enjoy it way more than we would have otherwise. And we were already enjoying it a lot every time. Love touring. I don't understand the people who complain about the other hours being boring. You know what? There's you can just there's nothing stopping you from filling out your life with other things as well. You know. Uh, while on the road and I just love the the performing arts that's you know we I'm in a band because I want to write and perform Mm. my own material that's why we as a band do this and uh, the final incarnation the the way the place where the music truly happens the most isn't even on the album it's on stage and uh, I can you know I love that Uh, and that's going to be awesome and so it's all about you know the the masks and the clean hands and the distance and the patience and talk a bit about the whole McNuggets situation with people and uh, yeah. hope for the best. And uh, then at some point we will be able to hit the road. It's going to be exciting. Have you, have you been to Australia yourself? I have never been to Australia. Uh, sadly, I, uh, our bass player, Hendrik, used to be some kind of youth exchange kind of not scouts but they the cisv i think it was called so when as a kid a teenager he, he spent some time there i think he's the only one in the band to my knowledge and you know i have close friends in the in, here in finland from australia uh, <laughs> uh no but i like that's the thing right the first show is the hardest we've seen that repeatedly like the last the last one of those uh, doors we kicked in uh, last year was Mexico was like that for the longest time we saw on the online presence of Mexicans who want us to come and all that made us know that you know we need to go we need to go and finally we got to play a festival that opened the floodgates now COVID happened so here we are it's easier to come back after you come if you did your the job right the first time you know so we are hoping to do the same thing to australia asap absolutely because it'll be phenomenal and uh man i I appreciate you hanging out on the show with us tonight man hunter gather it's late at night let me let me rewind that hunter gatherer (laughs) (laughs) comes out this week on august 7 all the best to you and the boys and uh thank you very much how are you going to celebrate it Uh, i'm going to listen to the album once and then i'm going to write another album (laughs) (laughs) no stopping you my friend well uh dude all the best man and uh i hope to uh, see you again soon excellent well thank you very much it was nice talking to you you too thanks buddy planning on traveling this summer Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 